As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app. Guys, Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> What's up, guys? Week number five, our beloved Chicago Bears head out west to take on the Las Vegas Raiders, which is, you know what, it's funny to me that um, I haven't gotten caught up saying Oakland Raiders, um, and yet... Every time we talk about the Chargers, I want to say San Diego before I say Los Angeles. And the Chargers have been the Los Angeles Chargers longer than the Raiders have been the Las Vegas Raiders. Just a little random thought there for you kids. I don't understand what that's about. I mean, I know that the, the Raiders have changed homes, I think, four times in my lifetime. I think when I was born, they were in Oakland. Then they went to Los Angeles. And then they went back to Oakland, and now they're in Las Vegas. So I guess I'm just used to them being the Raiders, and their uh, their their hometown changes every quarter century or so. Not that I'm that old, but I'm saying. So uh, anyway, random thought uh, aside, this is going to be a very interesting uh, football game uh, between these two teams. Um, on paper, they are very similar. Uh, to one another. They have same, similar weaknesses, similar strengths, and uh, Sunday's football game should be a uh, should be should be one to behold, you know, and I'm very interested to see what the atmosphere uh, is going to uh, be like, you know, as uh, as our as our good friend Q Myers from Locked On Raiders uh, would have us believe it's it's going to be a very Raider centric uh, crowd. Uh, I'm hearing that at least 35% of the crowd will be Bears fans, or at least 35% of 
tickets sold were sold to uh, Bear fans. So we'll see how that all shakes up uh, on kickoff uh, on Sunday. But, uh, you know, we've, um, we've got some news and some notes. We're going to uh, play a game we, we, we played week one and haven't brought it back yet, probably just because I forgot to do it. But uh, we're going to see how they match up. And then we'll finish up with keys to the game. So let's go ahead and get started. It's the week five preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. out loud and I don't know. Week five calls our beloved Chicago Bears out to the desert in the Devil's Playground. <laughs> or it's as it's also known, Sin City, Las Vegas. Uh, Nevada for our beloved's first trip out there uh, to take on the Las Vegas Raiders looking to uh, to uh, improve to three and two to be on the winning side uh, for the first time in 2021 what's going on everybody Larry D back for the week five preview this is the deep dive and uh, we'll get into uh, news and notes that uh, which shouldn't take too long because it's basically the same stuff I told you yesterday because uh, nothing new has happened since the uh, breaking news of Justin Fields being named the permanent starter. Um, and uh, we'll talk more about the injury report, which is uh, that's what we really want to keep our eyes on. So, um, you know, when we talked on Monday, we were uh, saying, you know, we need to keep an eye on what's going on with we were still waiting to hear about David Montgomery. We we're still wondering what was going on with Akeem Hicks. Well, here we are. Uh, most of you listening to this will be Friday morning. And, um, you know, as of yesterday, uh, we, you know, not looking good uh, for Akeem Hicks. But we'll get to that here uh, in just a moment. But, uh, you know, it's the, the, the news and notes are, are, you know, like I said, it's, it's what we were talking about yesterday. Um, Justin Fields was named the permanent starter uh, on Wednesday by Matt Nagy. Uh, and as I stated yesterday as well, it was met with, uh, obviously, you know, Bear fans are, are ecstatic that, uh, you know, number one, that this is uh, that this is a thing now. Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback of the Bears going forward, no matter what. Uh, he is the permanent starter. Andy Dalton is the backup. Uh, kudos to Andy Dalton for being a team player and was the one that wanted to deliver the news to Justin Fields, let him know that, hey, you're the starter, it's your job, I got your back, and I'll support you uh, 100%, and, uh, you know, good for him uh, for, for, for taking it, and, and I also reiterated yesterday that, uh, you know, I feel badly for, for Andy Dalton, to, you know, he wasn't exactly welcomed to Chicago uh, by the fans with open arms, especially with the, the timing of his signing literally coming literally on the heels of the, just the whole Russell Wilson uh, flirtation that falling through. And then boom, the QB one tweet with him in the Photoshop, the uniform uh, and everything. And then fast forward six weeks later, we're drafting Justin Fields, who is, you know, basically looked upon as a taller uh, Russell Wilson, you know, Justin Fields, I think is six, three, six, four, and, you know, Russell Wilson's only like 5'10", 5'11". He's not a tall uh, quarterback, but, uh, you know, they're very similar. They, they're the deep ball accuracy, they, they like to create with their legs and, and things like that. 
uh, they are very similar uh, quarterbacks. So we didn't get the original Russell Wilson. We got the next one, knock on wood. And uh, Andy Dalton was was never really never really meant to succeed in Chicago, at least it, not in, with the fan base. Uh, anyway, it just wasn't set up to do that. And then, uh, you know, throw that in with, with Nagy's adamance that, uh, you know, Dalton was going to be the starter no matter what. Then the preseason starts. Dalton doesn't look sharp. Justin Fields does. Uh, whenever you talk to the players, you hear glowing reviews about Justin Fields. I mean, not that anyone spoke negatively about Andy Dalton. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But it was just different when they talked about fields. It really was just different when they talked about uh, Justin. There was just something about the way they talked about him, the words they used, and all that kind of stuff. It, it just it was just different. Uh, and, and you know, and then the way the preseason ends with Justin Fields threading the needle to Horstead in the, the right just before halftime in the Tennessee game. Uh, I mean, in a game that that Fields didn't, or excuse me, that Dalton didn't play in. It just uh, it was like, okay, so why is he not starting against the Rams? And then Dalton comes out against the Rams, doesn't look sharp. I mean, we didn't look sharp overall uh, in the in the Rams game, but the you know just the the, the less than ten yard passes and. It, it just wasn't good. And then who scores the, the touchdown? Um, but uh, Justin Fields scores on, you know, on the quarterback keeper uh, and everything. So it just uh, – Dalton never really got the uh, the shake that he deserved if it was – if he was going to be the starter in earnest. You know what I mean? It just didn't happen for him, and I feel badly. So hopefully the uh, – well, I mean, I'm – now the pressure is off of Andy Dalton. So we are actually now free to show our appreciation of him. And maybe somewhere down the line, he'll be able to play or something like that for one reason or another. Hopefully in the we're resting Justin Fields for the playoffs scenario. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, but, the, you know, so the fan base can show Andy Dalton the appreciation uh, on the field and uh, and what have you. So just my two cents uh, on the whole thing. But um, when, when Nagy made the decision, like I said, it was met with, with uh, you know, happiness from the fans, but also pessimism all at the same time from the fan base and from literally every talking head you could shake a stick at. No one really believes for one moment, even though Nagy wants you to believe that, according to his comments in, the, uh, in his press conference, no one believes for a second Nagy came to this decision on his own. No one, you know, he was dead set on Monday 
If he's healthy, Dalton's the starter. Andy's the starter. Justin's the two. Nick is the three. He said that. <laughs> it set the world on fire when he did, and just 48 hours later. Oh, yeah. And it, the, by the way, when I went back and, and, and listened to the press conference, it was actually number three on his uh, list of things to tell the media. Number one was the was this was an update on David Montgomery, which was a knee sprain. He's going to miss some time, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Number two, Andy Dalton is participating fully in practice this week. Oh, yeah. And then after about 30 seconds of nonsense talk, we're going with Justin as the starter going forward. It's like, wait, what? It's like, way to bury the lead there, coach. I think we would we should have started with that one. But, uh, yeah, so, like, okay. And, you know, like I said, it, you went along. You could see it on, on first take. You could see it on NFL Network. Anywhere that, uh, you know, anyone who's got an opinion and is sharing it with the world, no one believes that it's like Nagy just came to this revelation on his own, which might be the case. It might. We doubt it. I doubt it. You doubt it. Every expert out there doubts it. Everyone thinks this came from – Ryan Pace or above to be, let's just put this thing to bed. Let's make uh, Justin Fields the starter. I mean, after the way he played against Detroit, you don't have a reason to bench him. You really just don't. So let's keep him out there. Let's keep this train rolling and see where we go from here. And to tell you the truth, Nagy needs Justin Fields out there. He needs them out there, not just because it gives us the best chance to win, it also gives management, ownership, and uh, you know, a clear opportunity to evaluate Nagy and his ability to develop a quarterback because he failed so miserably to do so with Mitch. So now we get to see. Here we go. He's out there. Can you develop this kid from scratch that you've had your hands on from day one? Not that you got from somebody else and all that kind of stuff. This guy you handpicked to be the quarterback of your football team, can you have him show progress from day one to the end of season one? Can you do that? So that's what this is about now. Now Nagy is being evaluated. That's why you wanted to have him out there for as long as possible as opposed to maybe the second half of the season because who knows how long it was going to be, what the plan actually was before Justin Fields was to see the field as the starting quarterback under Nagy's plan. So thankfully we'll never know because the plan now is to try to win as many games as possible with Justin Fields as our starting quarterback. So hip, hip, hooray for common sense prevailing in this one. So uh, in other moves, um, the Bears made a trade on Tuesday for Jakeem Grant. A 2023 six-round pick goes to the Dolphins where he was a wide receiver but made his name as a kick returner and a punt returner. He was a all-pro for the Dolphins last year in 2020. Um, the funny thing is it's it's looked uh, being looked upon, I think I saw from Brad Biggs uh, from the Sun, for the Sun-Times saying that uh, this very well could be an indication that uh, Tariq Cohen is not coming back anytime soon, that we would feel the need to replace him, replace, you know, replace uh, 
Simba Webster now. Like we couldn't wait two more weeks and then let Tariq Cohen have the job when he comes back. Um, they're saying that it. I mean, I, I read a report today saying that Tariq Cohen might not be back until 2022. Like you know the like he having a setback in his recovery from his original ACL surgery plus the loss of his brother, which affected him greatly uh, during the summer. That it, uh, he's not he's not there. He's just not there yet, and he might not play uh, this season. And that also kind of has you make you wonder what the rest of his career uh, is going to look like. If the the Bears signed him to that extension, which started this season, by the way, what uh, you know are they going to you know cut bait? Maybe an injury settlement or or whatever, and and let him go if he goes the whole season without playing, but. This is looked upon as, you know, an upgrade from Simba Webster, who was waived and then signed to the practice squad earlier today. Um, but, uh, you know, to, to replace Simba Webster, who uh, did his best Ted Ginn impersonation against the Lions, not really wanting to return kicks and things like that on Sunday. Uh, or is this, uh, you know, a preemptive move to replace uh, Tariq Cohen because he's not coming back anytime soon? So it's just an interesting little caveat uh, to that story. And then uh, let's see. Yeah, so we talked about Jakeem Grant. We got Simba Webster, who was waived and then signed to the practice squad. And then finally, for the uh, news and notes, we go into the um, injury report. And let's see. Uh, uh, Deion Bush with a shoulder, Andy Dalton with his knee, Tashawn Gibson, hamstring, Jesper Horstead with a knee, and Damian Williams with his quad bruise. All full participants on Wednesday and Thursday. So. Looks like we're going to get Deshaun Gibson back. And um, if he's a full participant, I'm guessing that uh, Damian Williams is going to be good to go as our number one ball carrier on Sunday. So that's good news. And uh, But uh, not practice. The only one that was limited was Darna Mooney with the groin injury. That, was, that limited had been practiced last week, but he played – Against the Lions, obviously, five catches and a buck 25. So it didn't seem to bother him much on Sunday. That's the only limited person on the injury report. But uh, Akeem Hicks with a groin, uh, J.P. Holtz with a quad, uh, E.A. Booneyway with a hamstring, Jesse James personal. I, I, I would love to know what that's about. He, he, he missed practice last week for personal reasons. Now he's missing it again. And then Khalil Mack with a rib-slash-foot not practicing yet so far uh, this week. Uh, I'm more concerned with Akeem Hicks than I am with Khalil Mack because uh, I think Khalil will find a way to play. Like maybe, like if we see him limited tomorrow, Khalil's playing on Sunday. But uh, Akeem Hicks, on the other hand, that's the one that's more worrisome. It's a groin injury, so it's one of those soft tissue things. Um, you know that one of those that's that that can that you want to be more cautious with than you want to, than you want to rush back out there. Cause it's so like, if you come back too early on one of the soft tissue injuries, a groin or a hamstring like Deshaun Gibson uh, and whatnot, you know, maybe he was ready to come back last week and the bears was like, okay, let's just give it one more week before we put you back out there. So you don't, you know, so you won't be as susceptible to re aggravate it very well. Could be the same thing that's going on with uh, Akeem Hicks. If we don't get them back this week, maybe it'll be another week or two before we do. But the games we got coming up, we need to keep Hicks out there. So uh, hopefully this is something that turns around quickly and we can get him back on Sunday. But I also hope we don't get him back too soon 
so he doesn't re-aggravate it and get him out, get himself knocked out for longer. So, um, but that's basically it uh, for news and notes. Like I said, nothing new happened. We just uh, kind of talking about the Wednesday news with Fields and uh, becoming the starter and the trade for Chakeem Grant. But um, so now we'll just slide over into uh, the how we stack up game. And we did this week one uh, against the Rams to kind of, you know, just go by the position and uh, see how uh, the, these two teams, the Bears and the Raiders, kind of measure up with one another. And uh, doesn't look good on the offensive side. Uh, quarterbacks, we have to go with Carr over Fields, and that's more of an experience uh, thing and, uh, you know, resume thing. Justin Fields doesn't really have one. And in the end, he's probably going to end up having a stellar, noteworthy career if what we've, if what we've seen and how we've progressed show, so far in a handful of games preseason and regular season uh, alike I think Justin Fields is going to be a legend, quite frankly. But uh, right here, right now, you got to go with David Carr over the rookie. Running backs, this would go to the Bears if Montgomery was healthy. Unfortunately, he's not. So even with a banged-up uh, Josh Jacobs, I think that the the, the Raiders have the uh, the advantage in the running game, uh, or at least with their with their runners. Maybe by the end of this game, Khalil Herbert will change our idea on it just based on what I, what we saw from him in the preseason, which is something that I like, but that was against, you know, that there's that good old qualifier going up against thirds and fourths and fifths, you know, fifth reserves and, and whatnot. So wide receivers, this was one I went back and forth on. I was tempted to go with a push, but overall I think the Raiders have the deeper wide receiver core. Uh, and that's basically because we've seen next to nothing from Goodwin and Bird uh, in, in, the, in the passing game so far this year. Not exactly their fault, uh, but the, the opportunity to spread the ball around. Like, you know, Sunday against the, the Lions, it was basically um, Mooney and uh, Robinson. That was basically it. I think the only time Marquise Goodwin touched the ball was like on a jet sweep of some kind. Uh, on Sunday, he didn't, uh, I don't think he caught a pass. I don't know if he's caught one or more than one so far, uh, this year, but, and we've seen nothing from Demir Burt. So, uh, with, uh, with rugs and, um, all the other talent they have, uh, with the Raiders and the way the Raiders spread the ball around, I think we'd have to go with them tight end. That's a non-discussion because, uh, Darren Waller beats anything that we have, uh, and then some. So even though we have Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet, they have Darren Waller, who's an all-pro. It's better than the two of them combined uh, at the moment. So the Raiders kind of sweep the uh, skill players on offense. Offensive lines, we're going to go with a push because both teams have concerns and uh, are a concern uh, going into this game. Defensive line I gave to the Bears. I just think we have too much up front. Even without Akeem Hicks, we have... Eddie Goldman, we have Mario Edwards, we have Bilal Nichols, we have, um, you know, uh, Blackson, Angelo Blackson, uh, and and everything, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's the that's the Bears, all the way. We're just way deeper at the position uh, than they are. Linebackers, uh, that's us again. Quinn, Mac, Roquan, Ogletree, uh, yeah, we got them beat uh, on that one. Even though they have a former Bear and Kwiatkowski. And theirs, linebacking cores, they, they don't hold a candle to ours. D 
Defensive backs, I gave that one a push because A, ours isn't very good, and theirs right now is kind of shaky due to injury. So I don't think either team is really putting their best foot forward right now when it comes to the secondary. Uh, the Raiders more for injury reasons. The Bears for, well, I don't know. But, uh, you know, Eddie Jackson, they're returning to Sean Gibson, but those guys haven't played well. Uh, you know, Jalen Johnson is probably the best out of all players on both sides. But as far as the the core themselves, that's a push uh, for me. And then special teams I give to the Bears, Pat O'Donnell, uh, Cairo Santos, and the newly acquired Jakeem Grant. Uh, I think that gives us an edge over what the Raiders have uh, on their side. So tallying up the uh, the scores, we got four for the Raiders, three for the Bears, and two pushes. So you give half a point on the pushes to each uh, category or to each team, it's four and a half to three and a half in favor of the Raiders. So, and if I had to pick the game, I'm rooting for the Bears 100%, but it's just like gun to your head, you have to pick a winner. The potential of what the Raiders could do explosive-wise, big play-wise on, on offense with their skill players and the deep threat that Ruggs is and uh, you know, just the threat period that Darren Waller is. I think it could be a long day for our secondary. And uh, I know we can score points with our offense, but we don't have David Montgomery, so there's a part of the game that's missing. Uh, we'll talk about that in keys to the game here in just a moment. But uh, without Montgomery, it's not the same uh, offense. And uh, I think it the, the Raiders have the advantage. Not only are they at home, but I think they are the better football team on paper even though we have very similar strengths and weaknesses. Uh, we match up well with the Raiders, but in the end, I think they're just going to be too much um, because if, if they figure out how to protect David Carr, I think they, may, they, may, uh, they could hurt us like, we, like the Rams did. I really do. So I'm deeply, deeply concerned uh, about that. That's, that's the one thing I keep coming back to. So it, it seems like an even matchup until we think about, you know, it's it don't because it only takes like one play, one play. So if they can get the protection together for one play and hit rugs deep for a big play where we have another brain fart in the secondary or we ignore uh, you know that that kind of thing with the uh, like we did with the Rams and we gave up a big touchdown to the Bengals. We gave up an easy touchdown with a wide open guy with ten feet, ten yards of space in either direction uh, against the Lions uh, on Sunday. Made the game closer than it was meant to be. Uh, kind of thing the Raiders can do that to us and like I said it, it's only going to take one or two plays like that to make a major difference and to turn a 14-13 ball game until all of a sudden it's a 28-13 to quote-unquote blowout uh, for the Raiders I mean that's what happened in the Rams game like 20-14 to would have probably been a more appropriate score for how the other you know how the game went minus the what 30 seconds it took the Rams to score those two touchdowns it's a one-score ball game, pretty evenly matched. Teams going back and forth. The Bears defense handling its business. And then for two plays, we forget how to play defense. And those two big touchdowns go on the board and makes the game look a lot worse than it actually was in hindsight. So I think the Raiders are capable of hurting us in that way, and that's why I have to go with them. And that's why the how we stack up score makes sense to me. So... If we can avoid those, I really love our chances, but I think we're more susceptible to that big play because it's happened in three of our four games thus far 
this year. Um, and it don't, didn't, I think the only reason it didn't happen against Cleveland is because they started focusing more on the run uh, later on in the, in the football game. So I think because we were able to avoid that pain early in the game became more about running the football for them in the second half, and that's how they weren't able to get one of those big plays on us. But the Bengals did it, the Rams sure as hell did it, and the Lions were able to do it to us. The Raiders are definitely capable, and that's the disconnect for me. So anyway, let's take a quick break, give an ear to our sponsor for a moment, and we'll go with the keys to the game and wrap this thing up. <coughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys. Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes and insiders in real time it's perfect for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news share your own experiences on the app start or join ongoing conversations watch games together react to the biggest news rumors and games and of course i host a weekly show every wednesday night at 7 p.m on the spotify green room the bears talk underground presents club 34 7 be sure and join me come through and talk with me live all you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store, create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> Keys to the game, week number five for our beloved Chicago Bears taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. And, um, you know, it, it's it's pretty simple, actually. Uh, the, the, the first key, I think, is the most important one. And the game will be won or lost, I believe, at the line of scrimmage this week. You know, when we talked to Q, we talked about basically how San Diego exploited, uh, at, least, at the very least in the first half of the game uh, against the Raiders to, uh, to basically feast on, on Derek Carr uh, on Monday night to make his life a living hell and allow the, Ra- uh, the Chargers, excuse me, to get out to a 21 to nothing lead uh, in which they carried into the third. I think it was 14 nothing at halftime. They scored another touchdown in the third quarter, 21 to nothing lead in the second half before the Raiders popped off a couple of touchdowns to make it more interesting. And then the Chargers scored the one that kind of put it away there uh, at the end. But if we can figure out how to get to car, we can slow the Raiders down for sure. Um, it's just one of those things. And And the other thing is about... It, it, you know, tackling is going to be a major, major concern uh, going in. It's what killed us against the Raiders last time with Josh Jacobs and uh, that game in London uh, a couple of years ago. So we can't have uh, Eddie Jackson and Tashawn Gibson and Deion Bush whiffing on tackles like they did on that Kareem Hunt touchdown against Cleveland a couple of weeks ago where Deion Bush had, uh, I mean, Sean Desai was a genius. He had Deion Bush shooting the gaps on a run blitz 
and uh, should have had him for about a three or four yard loss in the backfield. And instead, Deion Bush can't make that tackle. He turns the corner. Eddie Jackson comes in with his head down like zero football coaches teach their guys to do. And uh, after that, it's off to the races for the touchdown. One ole later, Eddie Jackson is eating turf on the sidelines while Kareem Hunt is running in uh, to the end zone. So the line of scrimmage and tackling for us, that's where it's going to be. We're just going to have to make, you know, come in in control what you're going to do, realize, have some game awareness. Because Eddie Jackson went at Kareem Hunt on that play like he wasn't the last line of defense, like he had help behind him and he didn't. So you've, you, have to be, you have to make that tackle. You have to. So you can't come in like a bullet train with your head down because you're just begging the guy to, oh, you know, what exactly happened? Just take a step to the inside, off you, know, off you go into the sidelines, taking out, you know, flag carriers and, you know, all that kind of stuff on the sideline. Uh, and he's on his way to an end zone, to the end zone to put the game out of reach. But the line of scrimmage, our offensive line needs to do what it did last week. Uh, against the uh, against the Lions, keeping Justin Fields upright. Only one sack and I think maybe like three quarterback hits uh, on the game. So that's pretty much, uh, you know, a clean jersey game uh, for Justin Fields. Not to mention we got some help from Laser keeping in the tight ends on, on some of those deeper uh, throws. So I, I think we're in a good position to handle that on our side. But getting to Carr early and often, and actually consistently throughout the game because that's how we saw the Raiders uh, catch up uh, later in that game against the Chargers on Monday was the, um, the Raiders made adjustments that made it more difficult to get the car, and they narrowed the gap from 21 nothing to 21-14 before the Chargers put their final touchdown uh, on the board. So consistency in the pass rush throughout the football game is going to be important. Um, but I mean, early on, especially we don't want the Raiders getting out into a big lead and then we've got to abandon, uh, the game plan because we're behind by three scores in the first half, uh, kind of thing. So it's going to be one and lost up front, uh, this week. Speaking of which running the football, I think is just as important for us this week as it would be if David Montgomery were in the lineup. Uh, no Montgomery is not an invitation to abandon the running game. Damian Williams is out there. I liked what I saw from Khalil Herbert in the uh, in the preseason. I think he can do well. Get this kid an open get this kid an open lane to run through. I think he can do good things uh, for us. But we can't just give up on the running game because David Montgomery's on the shelf. We're going to be missing him for at least a month, at least. So no 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 Monty against the Raiders, the Packers, the um, Buccaneers, and 49ers. After that, maybe we get him back for the Steelers, but uh, I'm thinking that we may not see him until the Ravens, which is after the bye week, week 11. So it could be a while before we see him again. So we're just going to have to figure out how to run the football without him for now. And uh, this would be a good game to figure out how to do that. So, um, yeah, so don't give up on the running game just because Montgomery isn't in there. And then finally, uh, spark plays are especially important on the road. You know, it was a big deal this past Sunday at home because of how poorly we played against the Browns. We wanted to do something to get the crowd behind us early, and I think we accomplished that, number one, 
by going the length of the field and scoring a touchdown, but also getting after Goff and uh, the early turnover uh, when you know when the, when the Lions snapped the ball off of Goff's chest to for the recovery to Bilal Nichols and 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 what have you. But uh, when you're on the road, it's a good way to quiet the crowd. It's a good way to turn the crowd on its home team. Uh, you know, it's because uh, we could either be facing a split crowd, which means a spark play could get our crowd to be the more dominant sound or a hostile environment. We could use the spark either way to either quiet down the masses and to make our guys and gals out there uh, a lot louder. So the spark plays are going to be very important. Um, the two road games that we played against the Rams and the Browns, zero turnovers, zero turnovers, zero. So we want to make a get a takeaway, and uh, like I said, one of those spark plays, whether it's a you know first and ten, boom, Darnell Mooney fifty yards down the sideline, something like that, uh, just something to get our people in it, knock their people out of it early on, get them on their heels uh, before you see what's coming. So. I would like to see something like that happen uh, on Sunday. So anyway, guys, that's all I got. I think we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up. A nice short and sweet uh, preview episode. Uh, Come back on Monday for Bear Up and Bear Down, and we'll be talking about how this game went for our beloved. Was it a good trip to Vegas? Is there such a thing? But, you know, did we get the win or not? And, uh, We'll, we'll, we'll have our deep dive review on Tuesday, and then we'll close the book and get ready for Packer Week. And our good friend Evan Weston from Acme Packing Company will be back to help us preview that ball game. So anyway, come back Monday for Bear Up and Bear Down. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.